Hello guys and girls and welcome back to another episode of Seb Talk Sports. That intro music and podcast theme was created by all pro New York Giants running back, now music creator and friend of the show, David Wilson. Go and check him out on all of his social media platforms at 4stillrunning on Twitter and Instagram and his music under David E. Wilson across all good music streaming services. He's free for business so drop him a message if you want some beats for your podcast, advert, commercial, absolutely anything you need. Before I get into this episode, I just want to say that if you're not already following Seb Talk Sports across all platforms, then please do. You can find me on Facebook, Seb Talk Sports, YouTube, Seb Talk Sports, Twitter, at Seb Talk Sports, and Instagram, where I'm primarily active. Again, it's at Seb Talks Sports. Today, I've got another great guest for you all. It's a bit of a throwback, to say the least. This was the second interview I ever did, so apologies in advance for the poor editing, sound quality, and interviewing skills, because those have all improved dramatically since. But he was a fantastic guest with some great interviews insight so I wanted to release it as a podcast. It's a two-time Ashes winner boasting no fewer than 167 test wickets across an illustrious career and undoubtedly one of England's greatest ever spin bowlers. It's of course Monty Panesar. Enjoy! My guest today is a two-time Ashes winner who boasts no fewer than 167 test wickets across an illustrious career and is undeniably one of the greatest spin bowlers this country has ever produced. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome Monty Panesar to Seb Talk Sports. Monty, how are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Wonderful. Thanks for coming on the show today. Widely renowned for your prowess as a spin bowler, but isn't it true that you didn't even begin adopting the style until the age of 16 and that your childhood inspiration was Pakistani fast bowler Wasim Ikram? Yeah, uh, Wasim Ikram. Yes, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I always wanted to be like him, and the problem is I didn't get quicker. So when I wasn't getting quicker, I had to then, uh, you know, when you're like a young, when you're a youngster, everyone's like, oh, if you're tall and you're big, you're a fast bowler. If you're quite nimble and slim build, you know, you're a spin bowler. If you're like quite short and got good balance, yeah, you've got to be a batsman, you know, like all the greats. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's just how it was in cricket. I was quite tall, had broad shoulders, but I couldn't get quicker. <laughs> So you sort of naturally fell yeah. into the spin style of the two. Yeah. Some people may not know that your first ever test wicket came against the greatest batsman of all time in Sachin Tendulkar. How did it feel to dismiss one of your favourite ever players and announce yourself to the cricketing world in such a high-profile fashion? Well, I couldn't believe it, to be honest. It's like scoring more points in an NBA game than Michael Jordan and you're making the first game. It's your debut game, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, something that you don't really think could happen. But I think at the time we didn't have DRS, so let's be honest, probably was going down leg, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> Do you remember how you celebrated that wicket? Yeah, I, I, I went, I just went crazy. I couldn't believe I was that good as a cricketer. Like, sometimes it's not even that good as a cricketer. It's a moment. I don't know, it's just like, a, it's like, is that really happened? I'm taking my first test wicket. I said you can talk like that. That's the crazy thing. It's just talking about it sounds so real, so surreal. Yeah, I mean, when I was doing my research, when I first found that out, I was quite shocked as well. Like, I knew you're obviously a highly regarded bowler, but to dismiss Tendulkar as your first ever wicket is sort of unheard of, really. Exactly. You said it spot on. It's unheard of. This is not something you just think about. As the first Sikh ever to play for England, what was it like to represent the religion for the international team and pave the way for others to follow? Well, I think, you know, when I spoke to my coaches and even my parents, they were like, cricket's one thing and religion is another. They're two separate things. You're playing cricket for your passion. And that's what my parents said. I just want you to focus on that. And if the religion side of things and your faith helps you to perform better, that's fine. But I don't want you to bring in faith and religion into sport. They're two separate topics. 
Yeah. You're a sportsman, you're a cricketer, and you're born into a Sikh family. That's how my parents helped me to distinguish both things because I was aware that I was the first Sikh and people probably look up to me. And my parents said, look, you may be the first Sikh, which is a proud thing for our Sikh religion and faith. And also, you know, it's a proud moment between England and India because it's of two nations. But you're there as a cricketer, you know, you're judged on your wickets, you're judged on your performance, you're judged on being a good team man. And I want you to focus on that. You know, that's what you're there for. And that's it. Just do what you need to do to become a good cricketer. Yeah. So like you say, you're judged for how you play on the field as opposed to off it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another first of yours was becoming the first ever English spin bowler to take five wickets in a test match at the Wacker in Perth. What does that yeah. mean to you? And how special was it to share with your teammates? Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, it was amazing to get five wickets. But that pitch, you know, let's be honest, it, was, it had a bit of grass on it and it helped me. I'll be honest with you, it helped me. Another one of your most memorable moments at the crease came during that famous first test draw in the 2009 series in Cardiff. How much pressure did you feel knowing that either yours or James Anderson's wicket would hand the Aussies the all-important first test? I don't feel any much pressure, to be honest. Honest, it's an expectation on me. You know, people are not going to really expect anything from you. Everyone's thinking that I'm going to get out early and not be there for a long period of time. But in fact, how do I say it was unexpected? Let's put it that way. <laughs> you just didn't think you'd be able to play out those last final few overs. Was it 12, I think? Yeah, look, well, I never thought it would happen. <laughs> it's just unbelievable how things, how these things just come about. I think what it is, it's like you've asked me the question, and even I'm thinking, like, wow, did that really happen? <laughs> it's, it's like, <laughs> Are you sure you're asking me the right question here? Because you're making, like, even I'm thinking, oh my God, we did save a test match. And I don't know how that happened. I honestly don't know how it happened. And you know what? That's what sport is. Sport has these miracle moments. Sport has these moments where there's many times a lot of teams have come back from defeat or, you know, that the great escape. And this was one of them. It's just a great escape. And I'm very fortunate to be part of a great escape. So one of your teammates, Andrew Strauss, acclaimed you for your hard work ethic at such a young age. How important do you think it is to adopt the hard work ethic as a cricketer? And who was responsible for shaping your mentality? I think, you know, sometimes it's the attitude that people play cricket with. I, I had a life coach and a mentor, which I always recommend people should have. But I think it's just to do with how people are. You know, when going gets tough, you know, or if you're confronted against a tough situation, we just had this environment where everyone would rise to the occasion, no one will back away. And I think that's important. That's really important to be around an environment where people don't shy away from challenging, confronting moments. And would you say it's sort of like same example for other people? So as you were sort of growing into the team, you would get young well, I, I don't know, how, how can you set an example when you practically got to experience it? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think what it, I think what it does is that when every group has the opportunity, they've got to rise to the occasion. If they're not going to rise, then you're always going to be known for like a person. Or when you know when we need this person to rise to the occasion, he doesn't. So then you always know that, or oh, maybe this is not the cricketer we need in the team because you know when it's a tough situation, we're not going to rely on him. And to play regular on a long period of time, you've got to be a type of cricketer that can tough out tough situations. Because mm, there'll always be someone to replace you waiting in the wings. Exactly. There'll be another cricketer who probably fancies taking on the tough moments. So in 2009, you joined the South African team High Veld Lions. What was the reason for your move to South Africa and how easy was it to acclimatise to the culture out there? That was good. That was good. Flatter wickets. I learned a lot about spin. I remember getting five duplicy out LBW when he was just a youngster then. It's interesting when you play in different countries how people play cricket. And in South Africa, it's like batsmen can bat really well. And it's more of a bowler's thing. And yeah, I really loved it. It really challenged me as a spinner. Obviously, a lot of people don't make it. Was there ever a time you thought you wouldn't be a professional and want to change career? Because I know that you do a lot of media stuff now. So what would you have been if you hadn't become a cricketer? Probably uh, a film actor. Really, what's the interest behind that? 
Well, I've always liked acting, and maybe that's what I'll do now. Once the cricket's over, go into TV, media, broadcasting, acting. Yeah. See more of Monty on our screens. Yeah. So last summer, our country took home the Cricket World Cup. How important was that win for England, given that the Aussies still hold the Ashes? I think it's important that Aussies hold the Ashes and England won the World Cup because I think it would be too much pressure for us to win the Ashes and the World Cup. Then the whole of the world cricket is looking on us. And that would have been too much pressure for our players to take. So sometimes it's good. It's something to look forward to now. We won the thing. OK, we lost the Ashes. But now let's see if we can win it in Australia. And we need to build a team for that. We need to get the players. I like the journey. I like the planning. Now, if we won, then I would bet we won't be as prepared in Australia to win it because we're not as hungry. Yeah. But now we know we're like, oh, yeah, we won the World Cup. That's great. OK, we can allow for red ball cricket not to go that great for because our energies will focus on white ball cricket. But now let's start planning. Let's put the next two years plan into place. And I think for Joe Root's captaincy, he's got until the next Ashes, how he puts that team together and how he gets England to win in Australia, that's where his legacy as an England captain will be, that's where he'll be recognised, that's where he'll be judged upon. How great of a captain is he or was he? Sort of like gearing up and going for the next goal. Yeah, Owen Morgan did four years of hard work, put a plan into place and he won it, so he's going to be known for that, implemented really good strategies spoken publicly about your battles with mental illness what kind of support did the ECB provide you and more importantly how are you feeling now I think the support that I got was to get some help from psychiatrists go and talk to them and maybe things weren't great maybe you know when I was taking medication take it if I needed it and then I worked my way on getting better which I'm 100% back now but what I realised is actually the PCA do a lot for the players but what about the normal person just a normal person who does a 9 to 5 do they get that kind of support that's why you know people find it difficult because PCA gave us a lot of support you know they're very expensive having these meetings but they're worth it because they are very good at what they do there'll be some young cricket fans watching or listening to this what's one piece of advice you could give to those looking to either pursue a career or just carry on playing as a hobby I think cricket is for people if you want to make it to the top it's for people who are like 100% love competition when they're in a battle they don't shy away they go for it and you'll know that as a youngster you know you're like actually you know what I don't fancy it when it's the new ball and they bowl it quick I don't think this is for me but if you like it you like taking on challenges and you know that yeah I'm going to have more unsuccessful days than successful days then cricket is for you sports is for you because you've got the character for it and that's something that you've got to make your mind up very quickly Monty this was an absolute pleasure thank you very much for your time where can people find you on social media and keep up to date at Monty Panasar on Twitter and Instagram just give me a message I'm also a radio presenter as well tune in on 558am Punjab Radio any of these things just get in touch I'm happy to help anyone wonderful I'll leave all your links down below so people can find you easily thank you thank you thank you very much thank you very much for your time I really really appreciate it absolute pleasure mate absolute pleasure thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on your platform and thank you for having me on your show I I really appreciate it and there he was the one and only Monty Panasar a brilliant guy fantastic cricketer and a man doing great media work at the moment like I said earlier in the interview hopefully we'll see some more of Monty on our screens and if you want to keep up to date with what Monty's up to then please check him out across his platforms all of the links you need are in the description of this episode I've got many more great guests coming very soon so stay tuned right here on Seb Talk sports and to take us out as usual here's another brilliant track by all pro new york giants running back turned music creator and friend of the show david wilson catch you soon guys